Welcome to another episode of Loco First Podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest today. We have Amberly Lago, author and speaker. Uh, her book is True Grit and Grace. Welcome, Amberly. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to finally be talking with you. Yes, it's been a while since the last time we talked. I've been really super excited to uh, have you on the podcast and to share your story. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's get started. And for those that don't know you yet, um, introduce yourself. Who is Amber Lee Lago? Well, I'm actually, if you can't tell, I'm from Texas, but I'm living out in California. And I've been in the health and wellness industry for 22 years. I um, am do health coaching and um, fitness training. And I wrote the book, True Grit and Grace. And I've been recently, gosh, in the past six months, I've been traveling all over the place, um, which has been a dream come true, doing a lot of speaking on overcoming obstacles and really trying to, to get people to believe in themselves even more and claim their own resilience. That That's awesome. And that takes a lot of work from you to, to do that. So how did you get involved? When I read in your book, it sounded like at the age of eight that you already had an idea of what you were going to do with your life. Well, and I find that to be awesome. <laughs> well, thanks. I, you know, I grew up in this small town and I was such a tomboy. And I think that, you know, my mom maybe thought it was the girly thing to do to put me in dance. And so, you know, she, she put me in dance and I fell in love with dance and, I did. I knew from an early age that I wanted to move to L.A. and become a dancer. Um, we used to go to these uh, conferences in Dallas was the biggest town. It was about an hour away. And we had these amazing instructors that would come out from L.A. and teach us. And I thought, wow, that's what I want to do. And that's about when the time, you know, MTV came out and you had all those videos with dancers. And I thought, and I can get paid to dance. Well, count me in. And so, you know, I worked uh, worked from thirteen. I, I took I took a course from and understudied classes and learned how to be a dance teacher. And at age thirteen, I started teaching dance. And then I started working at a cookie jar place and made cookies. And I babysat and I lifeguarded and I scrubbed toilets and bathrooms and I did whatever I could to save up money. And so by the time I was 18, I had saved up $1,200 and I packed up my little Suzuki Samurai and I moved cross country um, to pursue my dreams of being a dancer. And, you know, it, it was hard because I didn't have a lot of support. You know, my mom and dad are awesome, but they definitely didn't have the money to, you know, go with me and find an apartment for me. All that was up to me. And so when I moved to LA, I found four jobs right away teaching dance. And I worked at two different restaurants and I auditioned for the MC Hammer music video and I got it. And yes. I was the, yeah, I was, that was my first music video. And I was, the token white girl dancing with MC Hammer, and I was in heaven. It was around Christmas time when we got to to video that, and 
it was like when I, I remember after I, I we recorded it and it was on MTV and I remember going back to, you know, this small town for Christmas and there were cars lined up at my mom's house in the driveway because it was like I, I was just now I was famous because I was in this music video. <laughs> now, of course, <laughs> well, of course, when I got to L.A., I was no, a, a nobody again. But you know what? It, it just started you know, my career of dancing and I traveled all over the world dancing and I loved it. Um, but it wasn't until I had my first dance injury and that I thought, oh my goodness, it's, it really scared me. And I thought I, I was supposed to have surgery. I had torn my meniscus and I was scheduled for surgery. I was devastated because I was um, on tour doing um, an industrial. An industrial is where we we were hired as dancer to promote different products, and I worked for Nike and Reebok and Adidas, and and it really scared me because I thought, oh wow, my livelihood is. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I went to the gym and I started trying to rehab my leg and tried to get back into it as fast as I could. And my let my knee started feeling so much better that I was able to cancel my surgery. And I thought, you know what, if I can help myself by going to the gym and rehabbing myself, I could help other people too. And that's how I got into the fitness industry. I then went and got certified as a trainer and started training clients. And, you know, I just love working with people and I love seeing people succeed. It is so rewarding. And being of service is really what helped me get through my trad, you know, very tragic injury um, eight years ago, which is what my whole book, True Grit and Grace, is all about. But I think everything that happens to us in our life, sometimes we don't know why these things happen, but everything that happened in my childhood, everything that I went through, the struggles of being a dancer, all the no's that I got at audition before I would get a yes, because, man, there's a lot of rejection when you're you're in the industry as a dancer. Um, all those things really prepared me for this life altering accident that I went through. That's exciting. What have been some of your biggest challenges along that way? I mean, you know, um, obvious, there's those obvious ones, you know, what your injury and stuff like that, but outside of um, that injury, I mean, what have been some of you, your challenges that you've really had to overcome? To As a dancer sure. or as a fitness trainer or, uh, you know, in life in general, I guess. Oh, in life in general, my gosh, I, I tell you, I've had, if my family, we say, if we told people the truth about everything, nobody would believe us. <laughs> and it's so true because, you know, I talk a lot um, in my book about sexual abuse, was which was one of the hardest things that I wrote about because I certainly didn't want to hurt anybody in my book. Uh, meaning my family members, because I was sexually abused by my stepfather. But I did want to be that voice for others who maybe were walking in shame from their abuse to walk with their head held up high and thrive instead of living a life of and being in that victimhood. So, you know, the sexual abuse, um, as a dancer, I was married and went through a divorce and was a single mom. And so, 
you know, I had to take my oldest daughter when she was a baby. She was going, you know, I was a single mom. She was a year old and I was only 23. And I took her to auditions with me. In fact, I got, I remember taking her to an audition and they called me and they said, well, we don't want you, but we want your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But we actually ended up doing some jobs together. And funny story, uh, about three years ago, I had um, a friend that I met and we got to talk in and we were really close. And we discovered that I had done an infomercial with her like 20 years ago with my daughter for something called Hot Mommy's Vitamins. And we just put it together. I had met her 20 years ago. I was on the bottle of these vitamins and it was pretty cool to go into like Rite Aid and see my daughter and myself on the, uh, you know, on the label of these vitamins and stuff. And, you know, they don't, they don't even make these things anymore. And, but, you know, I just, I did what I had to do to keep a roof over my head. And so I, I worked, I I had, thank goodness, you know, it's so important to have, a tribe of people around you to support you because I didn't have family out here in California, but what I did have was some really good girlfriends and they would come over and babysit for me late at night. So I could go work at nine o'clock at night when my daughter was sleeping doing either, you know, I, I, I was like the Jägermeister girl and the gray goose vodka girl because it paid well. And, I didn't even drink, you know, back then, but I did what I had to do to keep a roof over my head, you know? And so, um, I had to have a lot of grit to get through that. And no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and to this day, my oldest daughter has such a, uh, a good work ethic. And she, she's also, I think one of the things that it taught her was when I trained, I, I trained some really you know, fancy clients and Beverly Hills and successful people. And I was always invited to their big Christmas parties or their big events or their, you know, to every Passover dinner or, or Christmas dinner. I was fortunate and blessed that we were invited. And, you know, I, I didn't come from a fancy upbringing. We were, we barely got by. There were a lot of Christmases that we didn't know if we were going to have gifts under the tree. And so my daughter learned manners. She learned how to communicate in a proper way. And because she was um, put into these situations where she had to be well behaved at a very young age, there were, there were times when she had to go to work with me and she sat underneath the desk at the office cubicle while I worked Um, so that parts of those stories are in my book because, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy being a single mom and my life was going so great. And I finally, you know, I thought I was going to, that was fine. I had my career as a fitness trainer and, um, it was a career. I had three trainers that worked, you know, um, with me and it was a business. I was now doing fitness videos I had met the man of my dreams. He, 
you know, we, we were both very fit and we had a daughter who was two and suddenly my life in the blink of an eye changed. And it is just crazy how your life, I I worked so hard and finally had the life that I always imagined and suddenly it all changed. And so I had to learn quickly how to readjust, climb out of the darkness. And um, really, I had no idea just how drastically my life would change, would change. But that's something that I am just so passionate about, passionate about sharing with others is that no matter what your circumstances are, um, even if your circumstances have been narrowed, that you can always have the life that you've always imagined again, even after tragedy. And, you know, your, pro- your listeners are probably thinking, what the heck is she talking Talks about? Out, yes. <laughs> you got to get, got to get the book and read it. And, and with that support, you know, when your book and you talk a lot about your husband, Johnny, and the other one that, that caught my eye is the other one that I wanted you to kind of like talk about as well. I want you to talk about the support of your family um, coming up, starting with big granny, and then talk about how John has really impacted your life as well. Oh, thank you so much for reading my book. And I love that you said Big Granny. She's my guardian angel. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, my husband, he is, I would describe him as bigger than life. I mean, bigger than life. He's just got such a personality and he's such a good man and would give you the shirt off his back. And he has been by my side throughout every moment every, this isn't my story. This is our story because, you know, he, he's been by my side through 34 surgeries to save my life and my leg from amputation. And, you know, I don't know a lot of, I don't know a lot of people that would stick, stick, you know, when the going gets tough, he stuck by my side instead of, you know, it would have been easy to, to walk away, I think, because, to this day, I still live in pain every day. And there were moments when I thought, oh my goodness, you know, is my husband, he deserves better. He deserves uh, a wife like he had before. And I got caught up in thinking those thoughts. And it wasn't until I really got into acceptance of myself and my situation and um, that was I able to, to move forward and heal and you know, it all starts with how we view ourselves, And um, I didn't really begin my healing journey until I was willing to take a look at myself and accept myself for who I am now with all my scars and all my imperfections and all my, you know, flaws. I, I am just so willing to be the best version of myself every single day, no matter no matter what I look like or, you know, I feel like we learn from our mistakes and we can still be a beautiful person despite our, our scars. Cause that, that was really hard for me to be an acceptance of the way I look now compared to what I used to look like. I think that, you know, getting caught up in comparison, man, that's, that's just the thief of joy. Whether you're comparing yourself to somebody else or comparing yourself to your, previous self or past accomplishments, it can really rob you of your joy. So I just try to be in the now and start where I am and use what I have and do what I can. 
That's that's an awesome story. And you know, that's really cool that uh, you and John are together and you can tell that the love between you two, that you're just more than husband and wife, you're friends and you're supporting of each other. And that is really a cool relationship to be in. You know, we have a lot of humor. <laughs> and you need a lot of humor. <laughs> it's, it's gotten us through a lot. Because, oh, no doubt. You know, so, going, it, it was just so, yeah, humor definitely gets us through a lot because it's not easy. It's not easy. No, to it's not. No. So so tell the listeners, Amberly, is like why the book and why help others? And what motivates you every day to get up after everything you've gone through and just move on with life? But you took it another direction and you said, I'm going to help others. I'm going to inspire others to be better. Why? You know, I was in such a dark place um, after I was diagnosed with CRPS or it's called complex regional pain syndrome. It's dubbed the suicide disease because it's ranked highest on the pain scale and there's no known cure. There are treatments, and but there's no known cure. And I could not get out of pain. And I was desperate. I tried everything. And I was just, although I suicide wasn't an option for me, I definitely had those dark thoughts of, you know, of my kids deserve a better mom. My husband could find another wife. And once I climbed out of that dark space by the grace of God, and I was given some hope, I was inspired to give hope to others that are, you know, that are in a, whether they're, whatever they're going through, whether it's a, you know, they're going through a loss or a breakup, or they're just having a bad day. I would, I'm inspired to give others hope that was given to me. Um, it gives my pain purpose. It gives me purpose. And when I can inspire someone or I get, I didn't realize it, but yesterday, I guess I was published in pain-free living magazine. And I, I, I thought, what the heck is going on? Cause I started having all these people reach out through me, through my website. And I was like, something must have been released or something because why all of a sudden am I getting these, these messages? And they were from people who were living in chronic pain and they were in doctor's waiting rooms and they picked up the magazine and were reading this article in their doctor's office. And they said I had given them hope. And they, my story resonated with them and they thought, well, if you can live in chronic pain yet still thrive and still train clients and still have a life of joy and purpose and happiness, well, then I can do that too. And so when I was, um, you know, talking to people, training them, feeling like I was impacting their lives on a one-on-one, that was one thing. But I had some people say, you know, you should write a book. You can impact more people's lives that way. And I thought, well, I want to do whatever I can. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to write a book. And so it took about two years and the publishing process was about a year, but it has been so fulfilling because the best part about it has been the connections that I have made with so many people, not just globally. Like I'm now coaching someone that lives in France. I have someone that, um, you know, that, that I'm talking to in India. 
Um, I've got people that follow me um, in Denmark. It's globally. So it doesn't matter. Here's this little old me that, you know, I was like, who am I to write a book? I don't have a college education. Well, every day I just did whatever I could to take an action step to make it happen. And I did it. And I got a call from NBC and they wanted to interview me on the Today Show. So you never know. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if you have a college education or who you are or if you come from a small town or a big town, you can make a difference in someone's life. It's that ripple effect. And so I'm inspired every day because to me, my my passion and my purpose um well, my passion becomes when I'm of service, it becomes my purpose and it fills my heart to make a difference in someone's life. And so um, you had said earlier that, wow, that's a lot of work to do all that, but it doesn't really feel like work when I'm so passionate about it. And so I am grateful and I'm blessed that I get to do something that I love and that I'm so passionate about. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing with that, Amberly. What has been one of the, the funnest or funniest things that's happened to you, whether it be out on the road speaking in front of people or just, uh, you know, being around what you do? I mean, what is like one of the things that you just go, wow, this is really amazing? Oh, my goodness. I just was at the Powerful You event in Salt Lake City. And so they kind of threw me into the mix a week before. So a week before um, I was found out I'm going to be in Salt Lake City and I'm sharing the stage with Jay Shetty and Lewis Howes and Mel Robbins, who uh, just some of the among the the uh, a handful of the people that were invited to be a part of this event. And I was so excited to go. And I was going to be speaking in front of over 1,600 people. So I'm nervous. I'm with these, you know, big time speakers. And I, I'm I'm in the green room and I'm thinking, well, I have a good hour and a half. I'm going to get off my feet, collect my thoughts a little bit and get ready for it. And I get a call and I look and it says Salt Lake City on my phone. And I thought, well, Salt Lake City, I better answer that, that who has this number in Salt Lake City? it's someone from backstage and they're like, our next speaker isn't here. Can you come and speak now? And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. I'll be right there. So I go backstage and I'm back there and, and I'm, I I look and they hand me the mic and they said, okay, here's the mic. It will go on as soon as you walk on the stage. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't even really fix my hair, put lipstick on to, am I okay? And I was so nervous that I said, well, I'll say a little prayer. I was still nervous. Well, let me connect with my intentions. I was still nervous. So I put the mic down and I just started busting out some push-ups backstage. And they thought that was the funniest thing that, you know, everybody else is like calm and I'm backstage doing (laughs) push-ups. And then I was like, oh, I feel better. I feel better now. Yeah, I got all that out of you. And when I got to go on stage and share my message with these people, it was amazing to connect with them afterwards because I had a book signing there too. And just to meet so many 
heart-centered, inspired, passionate, motivated, and positive people. It was an amazing event. So that was one of the, the most amazing events that I got to speak at. And, and then also too, I love connecting with others that, uh, or that have any kind of pain, whether it's emotional or physical, because I feel like we can, they resonate, they, they hear me speak about my pain and then, they are like, oh yeah, wow, that I feel that way too. Um, and so that's always good when I get to connect with an audience. I was just at a doctor's clinic for people with chronic pain and it was, I was good about, I was about to speak and I said, now how long do you want me to speak again? And, and she said, oh, just like two hours. And I was like, <laughs> just two hours, <laughs> two hours, really? <laughs> that's it okay (laughs) that's funny i just gotta take a moment here because we got to keep the lights on and i want to thank exacta corporation for the studio at uh, brookfield wisconsin talent management and software solutions so amberly who has been like one of your greatest mentors throughout your life Oh, my greatest mentors i would say probably one of my greatest mentors my track coach who really taught me grit, grit and perseverance and um, taught me how to suck it up because there was, I had to suck it up and that got me so far. Then I had to really learn some other tools cause you can't just keep sucking it up. But then also I would say my dance instructor, she taught me more than just how to dance. She taught me how, you know, I learned how to be a dance instructor. I learned a business module for my training um, career. I learned, you know, she used to tell us um, when we were going through the teacher training process, she goes, I don't care what is going on in your life. When you put that needle on the record and you turn around to teach your class, you give them all that you've got and you put a smile on your face and you carry on through your day. And you know what? That actually taught me a lot in life because um, sometimes even when we don't feel like smiling, you push through and when you smile, um, you create positivity and you spread your, your smile to others. And it just makes the world a brighter place. And I'm not saying to, to fake it all the time, but I'm saying that when I've been around people that want to have a pity party with me and they want to sit and just complain. In fact, you know, I had a guy that came up to me at the gym and it was about a year after my accident. And he said, well, are you done with people feeling sorry for you? And I said, well, no, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I said, I don't feel sorry for myself. Um, And so I just want to keep putting one foot in front of the other and have the best life possible. And so my dance teacher really, you know, I, I learned some, some to suck it up and what we say cowgirl up because you know, with my track instructor, she would say, I don't care if you're throwing up off the track to throw up as we were running the heat and in the Texas heat and it was a hundred percent humidity and a hundred degrees. And so we just had to keep running off the track to throw up, but keep running. And our, you know, my dance teacher would be like, I don't care if your toes are bleeding. The show must go on. 
you know, and so I learned a lot through them and learned how to be a business person through my dance instructor because she ran a tight ship and ran a great business. In fact, she still has a successful dance studio and it's been, oh gosh, probably 50 years and she's still at it. That's incredible. That's incredible. What has you really fired up about the future right now, Amberly? Um, I am most excited about a TED talk that I have coming up in 2019. So I'm preparing for that. And I'm also excited to be teaming up with Athleta and going to be doing a workshop with them um, called Resolutions and Resilience. And I'm also excited about, you know, I just did a Cyber Monday sale and it sold out within the first couple of hours because um, it was a one-on-one coaching plus this new workbook that I'm offering. And so I've been doing, I'm excited about that. And then my husband's going to kill me because I haven't even talked to him about this yet, but I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm working on my second book. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I just did the proposal for that. So that will be coming in, in the next year. So it, I got a lot of exciting things coming up. Well, that's really awesome. How do, how does people get to, or the listeners get in touch with you or follow you online? Um, if they want a copy of the book, I know they can go online on Amazon, but there's also a copy on my website that they can link to and, 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 uh, purchase from there. But how do people really, you know, connect with you online if they want to, um, carry on the conversation. Oh, I love connecting with people. Like I said, that's the best part of this journey has been connecting with others. And, um, you can connect with me, send me a message or sign up for my, um, dose of inspiration newsletter that comes out on Mondays through amberlylago.com. And I always do, you know, I'm pretty active on social media at Instagram and Amberly Lago Motivation, Twitter Amberly Lago, and Facebook at Inspirational Living with Amberly Lago. So I'd love to connect with people. That's awesome. So we're going to go a little bit further here, Amberly, and have some uh, more fun if we aren't having some already. And uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions, whatever comes to your mind at first. But before we get into that, you get to ask me uh, any question that you would like, and I will do my best uh, to answer it for you. Okay. I would love to know what inspires you the most? What inspires me the most? You know, I I really love connecting with people. Um, Even though I kind of consider myself somewhat of an introvert, I love being in front of people and talking with people and learning their stories. And one of the things that I get out of, especially this podcast, is I learn so much from other people. And when you talk about smiling, my, my, I get a smile from ear to ear because of your story and your inspiration. And every time I talk with someone, I get to learn something new about someone else. And everybody, regardless of whether you know it or not, has a story to tell. And if, you know, you can't be scared to put it out there and because you're not alone and you got to be able to connect with people. And that is really something that inspires me every day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You never know by sharing your story, whose life you're going to impact. It's so true. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And you do, you just, you just don't know. And in, in being able to help other people as well and, and do different things. Um, you know, I, I work with a, a lot of nonprofits, uh, locally here in the Milwaukee area and I let them know, Hey, I don't have a million dollars to give you yet, but I have a platform to tell your story on. 
and let's get that story told. And that's really cool. And I love what you're doing. I mean, you've, you have, I, I'm sure reached thousands and if not more, if not millions with, with just sharing so many different people's stories. And I just appreciate all you do. And I'm so glad we connected. I, I am too. I was just, like I said, I've been really excited about this. You're probably one of the, uh, the guests on here. I've been most nervous to talk to. Um, but I, why, why? <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll say this and I put this out there because I listened to, I did a lot of research on you. I read your book a few times and I listened to all your interviews and I didn't want it to be the same old interview that is out there. And I wanted to be unique. That's something that we can share that something that's different. So that was really, that's something that was my goal. And it's like, I've been, I was talking with my wife last night. I said, I got to make this different. I got to make this something oh, that people really want to so listen to. Sweet. Thank you. You are so sweet. I have to tell you a funny story about that. You know, it's interesting how it made me think of this when you said you were nervous, because uh, I get nervous too. And when I was at this, this event in Utah, I really... I really love Jay Shetty and his message um, that he shares. He shares so much wisdom. And when I got to meet him, my, one of my clients actually went with to the event with me and she's um, a big time producer at Sony and she meets all these like famous people all the time. And I was so nervous when I got to meet Jay Shetty and she was, didn't know who he was. And she's like, now who is that? And, you know, she wasn't nervous at all, but she didn't know all I knew about and had researched about him. Well, there was another guy there and I said, he was a speaker and I said, well, what's your, what is your story? What do you share? And he said, well, I'm a, I'm a big YouTuber and blah, blah, blah. But I said, oh, my daughter's a YouTuber. She loves YouTube. She would probably know who you are. And he goes, well, I don't know. Mostly it's 18 year old and up young, you know, boys that watch my show. And I said, well, I'll, I'll ask her. And I texted her and she was like, oh my God, mom, he is so legit. He is total legitness and he's trending now. And so I said, Hey man, you're trending right now. And my daughter says you are total legitness. She's freaking out, blowing my phone up about you. And he goes, really? He goes, well, let's make her video. And so he grabs my phone and he makes her a video and I sent it to her and she was freaking out that this famous YouTuber made a video just for her. And so then a little while later, she FaceTimes me and I'm sitting there and I was like, hi, Ruby. She's 10 years old. And I said, I said, look who I'm sitting with. Somebody wants to say hi to you. And I like scan the phone over to this guy and she was dead, couldn't speak. She was speechless. First time in her life, my life, I've ever seen her speechless. She was so nervous. She couldn't even speak. And so it's so interesting, the perspectives that we all have from, you know, different people, like we all get nervous. And it's like, I was reminded just the other day, I went to an event, a fundraiser to raise money for all the fires that we've had out here. And Katy Perry hung out and danced and talked with my daughter and I. And it's like, it was just a reminder that, they're just regular people, you know, they're just regular people. And we're all trying to make this impact um, and doing the best we can every day. And so I hope that, you know, I get nervous. I get nervous coming on your podcast because I'm like, oh, I just texted uh, one of my best friends before you interviewed me. I was like, oh, I hope I say something that somebody needs to hear 
You know, that's I pray and I just say, God, speak through me. Get Tell me something, you know, what what can I say that I hope somebody needs to hear? Um, because that's why I share my story. You know, I just I just hope that I say something that resonates with someone. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I get a few rapid fire questions. I don't want to um, oh, get Lordy. to, and then we're going <laughs> to wrap this up. What is something that you believe in that others think is insane? Um, I would say I'm very superstitious and I have this saying where like my lucky number is 13, or if I see the number 1111, I think, Oh my goodness, it's my angels talking to me. And my husband thinks I am just crazy because I'm, you know, do things like that. Like I, 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 I'm, I don't know why I like numbers like that, but I always think they're a sign. Yeah, that's cool. What do you believe is true, even though that you cannot prove it? Um, that there is a higher power. There's something bigger than me. I can't necessarily prove it, but I can feel it and I can see it that's in my life. That's great. That's great. What obsessions or uh, what obsessions do you explore on the evenings and weekends? obsessions do I explore? Yeah. I mean, what do you do when you're not helping others? Oh, I love to be in nature. I love any chance I get. I want to go for a hike. I can't run the way that I used to, but I can still hike. And I just went on a hike. Um, and it was pretty surreal going through this mountain that was completely just either covered in ash and everything burned or fire retardant. And you could see these little blades of green grass that were poking through. And it just reminded me that, you know, that how, you know, the earth is so resilient. And it reminded me of our resilience that, you know, it just takes time and love and patience, but we can all overcome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're going to wrap this up here, Ambly. Any ask or request for the audience and any last parting words? Um, I would really ask people to connect with me. Connect with me, um, AmberlyLago.com, or shoot me a message through Instagram. D- DM me. And so I know who you are and I can follow you back. And I would say last words, make it quick. Or uh, how about grit plus grace equals hope? There you go. I love that. I thank you so much, Amberly, for being on uh, Local First Podcast. Uh, listeners, let's carry this conversation online and make sure that we reach out to Amberly. And, uh, you know, really, she's very inspirational. If you don't have her book, you need to grab it. True Grit and Grace. Uh, this is phenomenal stories in there. Thank you so much, Amberly. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really honored and I feel blessed to just have this opportunity to speak with you and and uh, be a part of your community. So thank you. You are so welcome. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find me by searching Local First Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave some comments. You also have the opportunity to request to have a guest or topic for Local First Podcast. For any of the books or resources talked about on these episodes, head over to localfirstpodcast.com. Click on the resources tab. I also want to thank Corp for Studio One. Until next time, it's your host, Rob Kohansky.